Okay, listeners, welcome. It's episode 71 of the Adrian Bow podcast, and I couldn't be more excited to welcome a very good friend of mine and someone who's very well known in the real estate industry in Australia, Mr. Glenn Twiddle. How are you doing, GT? Good, mate. 71, bud. Congrats, man. I know the commitment that must have taken, bud, and uh, <laughs> I love the quality that you're churning out to the world. Thanks for having me, my man. Absolute pleasure, mate. Absolute pleasure. Now, for those who might have been hunt, hiding under a rock and don't know about Glenn, um, look, you know, he, he's, he's very well revered in the industry. Um, he's put on some incredible events, uh, including, you know, Richard Branson, Arnold Schwarzenegger. I mean, the, the list goes on and on and on. Um, he's coached to some, some top agents in the country. Um, you know, he's got a marketing business. Uh, he's, he's doing some amazing things. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about his involvement with EXP. So he is a member and a coach of EXP. I'm also coaching um, a lot of agents within Glenn's membership of the EXP world. Um, So yeah, Glenn, there is a bit of a fascination at the moment as this newest comer into the real estate space. And they do position themselves, EXP, as this cloud-based model. And there's a few that's popped up, but I mean, this is one that we really need to keep an eye on. I mean, it was only a couple of months ago that the share price in the US was, you know, $7 and now it's $60 or something. Um, So it's a very robust, genuine, reputable business um, and now is operating here in Australia. And I think there are up to about 35,000 agents throughout the world in multiple countries. So yeah, tell us a little bit about them. Yeah, I suppose when I saw it, I ignored it because <laughs> it was an American speaker who, who I brought over to um, one of the events uh, that, that I've, I was doing. And he showed me it at, at midnight on the streets of Bowen Hills in, in Brisbane at midnight after the event. He's telling me about this thing. And I'm like, oh, yeah, rolling my eyes almost. Another person trying to pitch another kind of brand, if you will, or opportunity, if you will, or whatever the case may be. But then over the next two years, I actually looked into it because this is going back a couple of years, 2018. Mm. And, um, you know, you mentioned the share price then. The shares were three bucks. They had three or 4,000 members at at that time. And in those two years of research, I saw the share price go from three to seven. Uh, I saw the agent count go from three or 4,000 to 25,000. I'm like, oh, there's something to this. Mm. And their promises I looked into because they sounded too good to be true. Mm. And um, so now it's really interesting and fascinating that um, when I saw it, I thought, okay, after I'd done a, a year trying to talk myself out of it, because I've got a very, you know, you mentioned I've got a, a great seminar business, a great coaching business that are both doing as good or better than ever, even despite COVID, because we sort of put our foot on the floor and did a few uh, a few big things during COVID to serve the industry while it was uh, in some distress. Mm. And, um, you know, so, you know, so it's going great. And I, I didn't almost, I tried to talk myself out of it for a year while I was looking into it going, no, no, I don't want to get associated with any one brand or any one entity, if you will, because it's not even a brand really. Mm. It's one of the things we'll talk about is your ability to maintain your own brand. But um, I just thought to myself after a year, I thought, this is so agent centric. There is no, Oh, what's the catch. And as soon as I come to that conclusion, I thought I'm going to be referring so many people into this, like I have historically, 
You know, if ever someone comes to me and say, hey, Glenn, which brand should I work for? I'll think to myself, oh, where do you live? And who do I know in that area who's maybe done some of my training, knows a little bit of what they're talking about, provides an environment to succeed, understands kind of our principles that uh, create great, you know, high-performing agents of, uh, you know, whatever earnings they want to earn, not even limited to the that coveted seven-figure mark, you know. And so I think to myself, which of my friends or clients or students or whatever the case may be, would that person suit? And then they potentially, or a lot of times, would go and work for that person. So mm. I thought to myself on that basis, I'm going to be sending so many people to this new entity where I couldn't find the what's the catch for. Uh, I thought, okay, I have to become a member. Um, so I did so. I became a member and I called you. You were one of the first people I called and said, Adrian, have a look at this thing, man. Tell me what the problem is with it because it sounds too good to be true. We discussed it, uh, you know, got on board with it and really, um, you know, it's been a really interesting four months of, um, of further growth because it's gone from, as you say, share price of seven to 58 bucks or something. And, um, and, and those, those shares are agent owned, you know, so it's quite incredible as a, as an opportunity. Okay. So let's assume uh, an agent in Australia wants to join EXP. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but what that involves is um, someone would open up their own real estate uh, business, call it Glen Twiddle Real Estate, and they have the option of branding it either powered by EXP or um, just have Glen Twiddle Real Estate uh, without any without any mention of EXP. Is that correct? Yeah, there's sort of three options that right. an agent, and that was one of the flexible options that stopped me because I had some high-level discussions with Keller Williams, a big American uh, organisation. I'm a great fan of Gary Keller, which I was honoured then that they were talking to me about uh, the opportunity to bring Keller Williams to Australia. Yeah. But then I thought after, even though, you know, the uh, the honour of that, I started to think about the reality. Does Australia really need another brand, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and so I didn't end up furthering that, that investigation, even though the offers that they were talking were quite financially lucrative mm-hmm. uh, for me to have done so. I didn't end up doing that. But the reason was because here I am teaching agents that your personal brand is everything. It's all about you. And then, sure, if you've got a good corporate brand, then wonderful, but it's all about your brand. Well, how hypocritical of, would it be of me to then go, oh, I've just joined a big corporate. It's all about the brand now. You know, it, it, it couldn't be done. So when I saw the flexibility of what you present yourself to the marketplace uh, from EXP, and I asked the CEO, how much, uh, what's the corporate branding standards? What do you have to do from a corporate perspective? And he said, whatever's legal is the minimum standards and the maximum standards. Meaning, depending on which state or whatever the case may be, EXP as an entity don't require any of their branding on it. So the three options are an agent can choose, and there are many people within that organisation who are choosing to brand themselves as EXP Australia because they want the benefit of that fastest growing real estate entity in the world um, and uh, they want that. So that's option one. Option two is the one you mentioned where X, Y, and Z real estate, Glen Twiddle real estate, Adrian Bow real estate, whatever brand you might be with an in association with kind of minimal branding. Like, and when I say minimal, meaning, you know, you are big and bold and out there and it's just like you've got a little powered by or a little in association with a little footnote that you are in association with them. And what that allows you to do is tap into 
various subscriptions and economies of scale. Like you can then, because you've got the in association with EXP on your front of house branding, you could then go into the company's REA accounts, the company's domain accounts, the company's CRM, all of those things that could be, uh, you know, universally hundreds, if not thousands of agents could use and get the benefits of the economies of scale of that by having that co-branding. But then the third option is, don't worry about the EXP branding. But then if that was the case, there would be some financial downside because of course, then if you were just going to be Glenn Twiddle Real Estate, you know, your own independent, then you would need to have your own REA subscriptions and some of those things because you'd lose the ability for that economies of scale. But what I like is those restrictions aren't because of some corporate head office dictating terms to the agents uh, because it's in the best interests of the corporate head office. It truly is just an agent-centric model. And when I saw just how agent-centric uh, the bylaws were, the rules, the remuneration and everything, the restrictions of if you leave, what happens? Boy, oh boy, I've never seen a more agent-centric model in every way than this. So, um, yeah, so that's sort of the long way to answer a very simple question, mate. No problem. That's what we're here for. Now, I want to get into the nuts and bolts of it. Um, so correct me if I'm wrong and you, you'll be able to sort of double click on it. But so if I'm an agent, I open up um, Glen Twiddle Real Estate Powered by AXP. Um, I believe the commission split is 70%. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, uh, or 80%, it might be one of the two, but you'll be able to tell me. Then, then from what I understand, within a 12-month period, once you hit um, 100,000 GCI, it goes to 100%. And then from what I understand is you are remunerated that additional 30% back in the value of shares in the publicly listed company. Is that sort of almost uh, accurate? Or please, please, please let us know if it's not. Yeah, I should just say yes, and we move on. Okay. Um, so it's pretty close. Yeah, I mean, that's it. It's 70-30 split. Yeah. And it caps at 100,000. So it's 100% thereafter. Yeah. And to get, like, that's the thing that amazed me. Those shares that when you hit very nominal production standards, yeah. they call you, instead of hitting certain standards in, 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 in other brands, you might get a, you know, and I know some friends of mine jokingly say about some corporates, you know, you get handed a $9 trophy and a pat on the back at the awards thing. Well, mm. instead of the $9 trophy, when you hit those nominal production methods, instead of a little certificate that you get, they give you $30,000, i.e. the $30,000 that you just paid them in your comm splits. Mm. They give it back in the form of stock in the company. And these are standard shares, meaning there's no preferential shares for the founders and some shares for the one. These are the same shares that the founders have. These are real shares that, you know, currently are trading at $58 per share. They give you your $30,000 back in shares for some very nominal uh, production standards. And really it's, you know, to get specific on it, it's 20 sales a year. So that means if you do two sales a month and Adrian with you and me in their corner, you know, with our various skill sets, helping and coaching them or whatever, if someone can't do two sales a month, they need to not be in the industry. Mm. And, um, and so, so long as you hit those minimal production standards of um, uh, the icon agent, which is, 20 sales a year and you know what they then ask for you from you is 
do a webinar like this every couple of months or something, you know, like just kind of contribute to the EXP environment. So mm -hmm. long as you do that, they reward you instead of with a $9 trophy with $30,000 in saleable stock in the company. They do ask you to hold on to those shares for a couple of years. They call it vetted. Mm -hmm. So they don't take the share price. So they're very protective of, you know, protecting the share price for all members. But, um, you know, hold on to them for a couple of years and then they are fully saleable, fully transferable for cash. And on the NASDAQ, which is one of the highest, um, you know, uh, qualified security exchange committee. I don't know anything about shares, by the way, Adrian. So uh, I know nothing. about. I've learned more about shares literally since I've joined this mob than I ever knew in my life. Because I was always a property investor, not a shares investor. Mm. But boy, boy, when they're gifting them to us mm. in exchange for performance... Well, we better learn something about shares because we're yeah. about to be given some by our company. <laughs> yeah. So, so okay. So, what happens is you you, you do your twenty sales or a hundred thousand GCIs. Is it one oh, of well, the two? Anyone who does a hundred thousand in GCI. So, yeah. so just to be clear, a hundred thousand GCI is when the hundred percent commission starts. That's right. So if yeah. I do, so if yeah. it, and and does that renew every twelve months? Uh, yeah, it does. So okay. Does that start months, start in July or January? Uh, on the anniversary of your date of you start. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, so if I join as an agent um, and after three months of 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 written a hundred grand's worth of GCI, after then, that I I get a hundred percent of the commission that I write for the rest of that twelve month period. Correct. And then with no catch then, with no catch whatsoever. No catch. Yeah. That's what, and that's what I was looking for for a year, Adrian. What's yeah. the catch? Yeah. How do they make money if they're going to do all these amazing things? And um, yeah, yeah, no catch. And yeah. So, but when you ask the question, is it and 20 sales? Well, mm. here in Australia, you can't do 20 sales mm. without hitting more than hundred grand in comp. So really yeah. it's, you know, it's very simple. It's, it is capping and 20 sales, but you can't do 20 sales without capping. And Understand. they call that big when you hit that hundred thousand. Understand. Now, also the you mentioned some support that the EXP provide, like your subscriptions to REA domain, etc. Now, um, are you receiving that support as an agent perpetually? So, what I mean is, is up to the point of capping, i.e., hundred grand, and then post capping, like it doesn't change. You you're still receiving a hundred thousand, hundred percent of your commission plus the support through EXP. Is that correct? Yeah. 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 And, um, and so, uh, you know, without going into too much of the nitty gritty, not that there really is much, but the costs of running the tech stack, you know, the, the, just to be a member, it's 199 bucks a month. And right. so that covers that support of, um, of everything really. This is the way it was explained to me. And it is what I have found to be true is that everything that a bricks and mortar office provides, mm. they provide for 199 bucks a month. So that's your RP data, the subscriptions to the various portals, CRMs, and all of those things. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so that 199 a month is, is a, a fixed cost. But again, it's uh, quite nominal compared to, you know, all the other alternatives that are out there. I mean, it, the way I looked at it, it was almost like buy RP data, get everything else free. You know, when you're mm -hmm. looking at running your own business sort of in that mm -hmm. sort of hybrid model where it's not really you're left to your own devices like an independent, mm -hmm. it's not really one of the traditional franchise models. It's one of these hybrid models of which we've seen a few crop up, uh, you know, uh, uh, over the course of the country. Although I've just never seen one that's backed by such depth 
You know, a lot of those ones that have cropped up are run by individuals. And some of those individuals I have a great deal of respect for have been even students and friends and colleagues of mine. And so, wonderful. I got, and they're the types of businesses that I used to refer uh, agents to if they would ask me, hey, who should I go work for? Go work for Chris Gilmore, you know, and, or whomever it might be, who's a friend of mine in their area. And um, yeah, but, but this model, uh, they, um, you know, they, so they sort of provide all of those things. And the way I sort of explained it was buy RP data, get everything else free, because RP data is more than 200 bucks a month. So mm. you get the full tech stuff for the 200 membership. There is no buy-in. There's no, hey, give us 100 grand for your franchise. Give it. There's no initial buy-in. It's negligible. 200 bucks is getting you started. And then the only other cost is on a per contract basis, because you mentioned what sort of support do you get after you cap and you start getting 100% commission, mm. um, uh, then it's a, um, let me get this right, it's $250 for them to run your trust account, for them to do all your trust accounting, account for trust monies, and really administer all of your contracts and things of that nature. So 250, $250 per sale. Per so sale. that way EXP can um, remunerate the staff and the wages uh, of all of the admin team. And there's a dozen people here in Australia and hundreds of people within the corporate online environment that are there dedicated to serving those agents. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, that certainly that 250 goes some way into uh, covering some of the expenses that EXP go to, uh, to look after you. And from the people that have joined so far, and so far there's about 70 people that have joined uh, since, you know, we sort of put our foot down really when COVID started is when I sort of thought, well, if we're all going to be locked up, I'll start, um, I'll, I'll start talking to people about this. And yes, 70-odd uh, agents around the country have joined since then. And the feedback has been overwhelmingly good that, um, wow, they're living up to the uh, promise made that everything that a traditional office should provide is provided cloud-based, thus removing some of the expenses. Hence, it can be done for you at a drastically reduced cost, but without sacrificing quality of the service provided. Okay. So in summary, you're paying $199 a month from day one as, as a member slash agent. Um, you're paying $250 per sale. That is from day one as well, or is that only once you cap at a hundred grand? No, that's per sale. Yes. Yeah, so per sale from day one. Okay. Um, now that's mainly to cover the trust accounting side of things. Yeah, it handles um, the admin of the, of the, of the contract. Yeah. Okay. Um, what about in terms of marketing support? So, so most agents, let's assume, um, you know, that the, they're listing and selling property um, and, you know, the photos get done and the copywriting and the floor plan gets done. Um, is there any support from EXP to, to put all those ads together and get them live? Or is that incumbent on the agent to actually organise that? Yeah, you can imagine with a lot of those deals, you know, like the Remax deal with the desk fees and any of these deals where the commissions are up and approaching, or in this case, if you include the shares at those minimal performance standards, whenever these deals are approaching 100%, then you can imagine they don't provide you a PA for that. You know, so um, the tech stack makes it very, very doable for even a solo agent to do on their, on their own, you know, certainly the CRM talks to RP data, which talks to the various portals. So it's relatively easy because the company is built for online deployment for an agent to work in a remote 
cloud-based environment. So it's certainly, they make it as easy as possible for an agent to do, but ESP don't provide, I suppose, PAs at the listing and ministerial side. So my advice to my coaching clients is, well, you know, the, you know, the, the, the extra 40% commission you might be earning above and beyond what a, you know, if you were on a 60, 40, maybe the office does supply some heavy administerial support for your listings as well. Well, if you're getting nearly double the commission, then maybe we can afford a good quality fifty or sixty thousand dollar a year uh, administerial person, so that you do nothing except the listing and the selling of properties. Good. Okay. So that's that. That's a good overview. So you're basically getting, you know, subscriptions and trust accounting, um, but any any additional support an agent needs, they'll they'll, they'll need to pay for in terms of labour. Um, and most members that have joined or agents that have joined, uh, Glenn, that you and I are coaching in, in Australia so far, mainly in Queensland, it seems, um, are they bricks and mortar or are they working from home? Uh, there are a few who've got some offices still, but right. then uh, a few of them who've got offices are starting to question the, uh, you know, because if you think about your office, why one needs it, unless it's in a, uh, maybe a high foot traffic or high vehicular traffic area, so that that office is almost like a lead generation mechanism in and of itself. So if that's the case, then certainly there are some people where that is the case and they've maintained their shop front because it generates more in business than it costs them in rent. Mm. Uh, but there certainly are a whole bunch of people working from, you know, remote premises, uh, home, as, as the case may be, coffee shops, because, you know, the virtual world, and again, we're not uh, visually able to describe that here, but they've got a, a VD, a, a VD, a 3D world, VR world, mm. God, slip of the tongue there, um, kind of like, you know, the young folk would know, if, if any of us, uh, you know, oldies are here, talk to your teenage kid and ask them to show you Fortnite. That's mm. the sort of environment they've got. So they've got an entire office campus in a 3D avatar-driven world where all the business gets done, where tech support is there, accounting support is there, trust accounting is there, offices for meetings are there. You know, we have our weekly sales meeting in this weird 3D world that looks like a computer game, but it's deceptively I suppose, intimate, you know, meaning we had a meeting the other day where we had the CEO in New York, we had the vice presidents of international relations in another city in America, we had a friend of mine, Greg McDaniel, in San Francisco, and we had 50 agents around Australia in every state. Uh, I'm in South Australia at the moment, we had the South Australian guys, Queensland, we had some people in New South Wales, all over the country, 50 agents sitting around a board table having a sales meeting, you know? Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's it's something to, to to watch. I mean, I've been in it. So for for those who are listening who are not aware of it, this EXP world, it's an animated world where where each of you create your own avatar, if you like, and this avatar basically walks around the world um, where you sit at the boardroom table, like Glenn says, or you knock on someone's door and have a meeting, um, and 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 literally, given what's happened with with COVID and and lockdowns and 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 lack of travelling, etc., the, the, the XP obviously have been way ahead of their time, and and. As Glenn said, once you first look at it, it is a little bit weird. But then once you're actually in it, you, you'll find how 
practical and relevant in it is in the in the in the current times you know and for so, some reason it does feel a bit different to zoom because when yeah. i first thought i thought oh, why don't they just do those zoom meetings or whatever and for whatever reason psychologically it doesn't feel as distant as zoom like you do feel like you're sitting around a board table looking at your friends avatars if you will yeah. and um you know, it is, uh, it's certainly easy to get used to once you get used to it. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's fun as well, you know, awesome. sort of not taking themselves too seriously as well. Now, another vertical that EXP offers is this recruitment trail. So from what I understand, if one agent uh, is uh, um, involved or participates in the recruitment of another, now this could be someone in the same country or a different country or a different state or whatever, then once that agent caps, i.e. hits 100 GCI, they get $3,500. Is that correct? Uh, no, well, it's just a percentage thereof pro rata as well. So right. it's kind of like, like, and here's how I kind of, because I had to get over the fact that that was there because I thought, oh, really? It, it had a little bit of a funny feeling to me that it reminded me of some business models that I've never wanted to be a part of where people pay you like, you know, I suppose an affiliate sales kind of way, you know, mm. sometimes you'll get an email and it'll say click here and you know, that person will be getting a cut of the sale that that email makes. So there is that sort of thing there. But then I thought to myself, cause I've seen it happen within my company when I was listing and selling. And then when I became the principal mm. is you bring up a PA and you train them up and, you know, they, you spend, you invest years and uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars in paying them a wage over, say, a three or a four or five year period. But then at some stage, they decide they want to become an agent themselves. They know everything that you do. And they think, you know what, I think it's time. I've got all the skills that Adrian's helped me get. Um, I'm going to become an agent now. And so they become an agent, often for the same company that you work for. Mm. Um, the you know you get a pat on the head and you get the pride in knowing you help build another salesperson mm. but then what happens is really and effectively you've possibly even built your biggest competitor because they know everything you do and they're in your area and they're probably even worse than having a competitor because if you've got an external competitor for another company you can go up against them aggressively and win you can't go up against one of your colleagues aggressively and win. So often for a salesperson, I saw it firsthand in our company, the frustration of building up a salesperson who becomes a really another salesperson within your organization and receiving nothing for it other than a pat on the head by your principal licensee saying thanks mate. And sometimes not even that. And so I liked that this was a way that through whatever methodology, whether it is in that scenario or whether it is meeting someone at a conference and you hear them complaining about how their principal won't, because um, at my conferences, I used to hear this all the time. Oh, that all sounds great, Glenn, but my boss will never let me put my face on a flyer or my face on a social media post because for whatever reason, you know, mm. and, so if you hear that person, you know, you might say, well, come and work for me here at, you know, Chris Gilmore Inc. or whatever the company may be, um, because we make it all about you. Well, when that recruitment happens at the seminar, unless you're the principal licensee, historically, the salesperson was never remunerated a penny for that. Well, in this case, there's a, like you called it a trail, uh, there is a small overrider and sales overriders, I used to get them when I was a sales manager. So... Mm -hmm. 
Um, there is a small sales overrider, historically reserved for only sales managers, really, and principal licensees. So there's a small overrider paid not by the team member that you're bringing in, but the company rewards you with a small sales overrider. Um, you know, when I say small, it's actually quite significant. It's three and a half percent for you to uh, bring someone into the company. So it's a nice little reward for you helping to grow. And that's probably why that, that reward system is why the company's got a vertical growth curve around the world and no one wants to leave it because there's no greener grass anywhere so hence the if you you know just have a look in google and say exp agent count you will see all these graphs with a very steep exponential growth curve and i'd suggest that would be one of the reasons why so that that's three and a half percent as a one-off or is that annually while both of those agents are still involved in the business uh it's it's forever. It's in perpetuity. I think they yep. call the word. Oh, no, yep. it's, it's forever. Yep. Um, so it's every year that that agent does it, then that overrider is there forever. And so, and here's the kicker that, that I, as soon as I saw this, I thought they are geniuses that say you've got your PA and they're rocking along and you've helped them. And you know, it's a win-win that adversarial relationship between say principal licensee and salesperson is now gone. Mm. If that person does the same thing you did, and finds a friend or builds a PA and they recruit someone into EXP. Hmm. Not only do they reward you, it's not just a token amount, it's 4%. They actually, and this is, if you think about this, and I know it's hard to explain without the visual sort of explanation. So maybe if they want to have a chat to you, Adrian, or have a chat to me, whatever the case may be, but they reward me more or they reward an agent more to help someone else to grow a little team than they do if you grew your own team. Because it's three and a half percent if you put them, if you recruit them yourself. Mm-hmm. It's four percent to you if you help someone else recruit someone to them. And they get that three and a half percent the same as they would have, you know, and mm-hmm. they reward you as a team leader with four percent. And that goes down. This thing is scary, man. We won't, we won't go into it now because it's too intricate and stuff, but that goes down seven levels deep. It's crazy. Yeah. Wow. So, Being the devil's advocate, what would you say to someone you're talking to who says, oh, that sounds exactly like multi-level marketing or a pyramid scheme? What, what, yeah. would, be, what would be the response? I had to talk myself out of thinking that because that's exactly what I thought. You know, I really did. Mm-hmm. And I really had to analyse myself and think, why is it that I don't like that connotation why am i sort of saying that to myself and i looked into it it wasn't the fact that i'm i'm being remunerated and rewarded for helping to grow an organization when i historically look back at the amount of times i was offered opportunities like that what i really didn't like was someone having either you know a smart coffee or overpriced nutritional supplements or soap powder or whatever the various products are that are sold in that manner Mm. The problem that I always had, I suppose, with those opportunities was I never fell in love with those products. Hence, if I joined, I was only joining to get people into it for money-making reasons rather than because, you know, I love the thing that they're selling. I use the thing that they're selling every day. It's affordable and well-priced, and I would absolutely say go and buy that thing anyway. It was that was the reason that I didn't do it. 
not the actual structure of getting a sales overrider by a corporate company for helping them sell a product. So, you know, I had to sort of, I suppose, talk to myself about why I had those beliefs. And that's what I came up with, you know. But then I also thought they're all like that anyway. They're all a structure like that anyway, because they've all got a big corporate head office. They've all got an international master franchise agreement. They've all got sometimes state managerial uh, kind of represent representatives, then a principal licensee. So when a salesperson writes a sale, there is about four or five levels going up of people clipping the ticket on their uh, commission anyway, in the form of that franchise fee that is split between about five people or whatever the case may be. So it's kind of the same thing. Only instead of those people being nameless, faceless corporates, it's us. It's mm. the shareholders in the company. It's the people who are responsible for building the company. So when I sort of really took a good hard look at all of those things, plus my own biases against organizations, like you mentioned, I sort of thought if I don't join, it's going to be ridiculous because I'm going to be telling everyone else to. So I may as well. <laughs> Interesting. That's great. A really good summary, um, GT. So in terms of if they join your subsidiary of EXP, which, which I'm a coach of, um, what sort of benefits and coaching and exposure will they receive? Yeah, well, <laughs> that's the thing that everyone sort of definitely started to think what's the catch mm. is they get you, me, and every other coach that uh, is like Lisa B is part of our clique, mm. Naomi, of course, my partner. I decided when I joined that I was just going to make this silly. If I'm going to do this, I'm going to make it silly. And when I say silly, they get me as it, like the first two people that joined after I spoke to you about it uh, were two of my students who were currently in my highest level program. So that's the, well, one was a former member of my highest level program and one was a current member. So that's the $50,000 a year level. Mm. And now one of them said, so wait a minute, what you're saying is I'll never have to pay you again. Is that right? And I still get you the same way I've got you now. And I said, that's absolutely right. Mm. So they get me, they get everything that I've been doing as a coach. And, you know, as you know, Adrian, when we first met, I was sort of a marketing coach that dabbled in social media. Well, in the six, seven years since we've been hanging, I've sort of flipped that and I've had to become, because of the market has insisted that I've become a social media marketing coach who dabbles in the offline world. You know, sort of that's been where my focus is. So they get all of my marketing chops. So overall, my job is to get people into appraisals. What I love about having you as part of our world is your skill set, whilst, you know, you and I are, you know, you're no slouch in the marketing department as well. I love that you and I sing from the same hymn book when it comes to marketing. Uh, what I love is you have some skills that I've never, I've never invested my time, effort into developing the IP that you have mastered in that everything from the listing presentation on you're world-class. You're one of the best I've ever seen on planet earth at the systems that you provide, you know, the, um, the listing presentation, dealing with objections, signing up under terms that are likely or almost guaranteed to result in a commission being banked into your pocket with a raving fan uh, buyer uh, that leaves with a raving fan seller. I've never seen anyone with those skills that you've got. And so I love that, Someone joining gets you, gets me, and gets my entire suite of experts and products. And instead of paying the grand total of $50,000 for that, 
uh, they get that for the grand total of zero dollars and zero cents. So not a bad deal, huh? Sure is. It sure is. No, it's great, mate. I think uh, we've busted a few myths here about uh, EXP. Obviously, uh, it's it's new to Australia, but certainly not new to the US. I know they've announced some other countries there, Glenn, that they're uh, launching into, which is that, is that Europe, I feel, and um, some others. Is that right? Yeah, that, um, you know, within our little, you know, group within EXP, I suppose you will, um, They've just opened up Canada and we've got someone in our group that is now being mentored. I've never had a Canadian student before. Well, now I've got one. Um, although Mike Sherrard, historically years gone by, Mike Sherrard invested in one of my training programs. But, um, but yeah, so we've got a Canada student and a UK student. And that's just the start because they've got on their rollout plan for the next 12 months, um, five more countries, including New Zealand, South Africa, uh, India, and just it's... Boy, oh boy, it's early days in that they've only really, they've perfected the USA, Canada, UK, Australia was the one uh, maybe a year ago that they announced and we sort of really put the foot down around March, April. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so now the world is their oyster really. So we're getting in relatively early given that they're, um, they're going global because once they've perfected, I suppose, the vehicle, there's, um, you know, there's no reason this thing won't uh, take over the entire planet. And so far, the growth curve that they saw in the States is exactly, you know, there isn't a brand in Australian real estate that's grown from, uh, you know, sort of a half a dozen members at the start of the year to 70 odd members since you and I joined. Um, I, I think they're even approaching, there's about another 30 that are in various stages of onboarding. So none of them have grown that fast to go within a you know, six month period to a hundred members. And, um, and that's exactly what it looked like in the early days of the States. So, um, you know, Interesting. that space because it's going crazy. The obvious question that a lot of people listening to this would be thinking, and just also being the devil's advocate is as a business in terms of its head office in the U S and, and as, as an organization, as a structure, how is it, tenable that they are sustainable and profitable given that they're handing out 100% commissions and part of the model is traditional in the sense that they've got some corporate salaries I assume in the US which they're paying so I don't know if you know the answer to that but just if someone is curious or even hesitant because like oh do I get involved in this and then in two years time it's just going to be another one of those American companies that just that 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 go bust or whatever I mean how is it sustainable and profitable just given the 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 level of commission that they are actually handing out to the agents yeah I asked the CEO that question because I had the same concern I'm like wait a minute it can't be that agent centric and I spent a year I went to America and visited two EXP uh, people over there, one that I knew and one that I only tangentially knew, but that had no interest in me joining. So it wasn't because, you know, the one fellow was the guy who told me about it, Greg McDaniel. I went and visited his office because I wanted to look under the hood, if you will. Mm. But I went and saw another friend that I know, Brian Casella, who left Keller Williams to join EXP. And I went down to his offices in Southern California to check it out and see if it's too good to be true. Now, BC, mm. Brian had no interest in me joining, meaning he wasn't going to be a part of my, you know, the, the people who would be rewarded with an overrider for me joining, right? Mm. So there was no financial vested interest in him. And he let me peek under the hood. He let me check out his reporting mechanisms, check out his financial statements, see his shareholding to make sure it's all true. And it all checked out in, in both of those instances. 
And then I asked the CEO the same question you asked me. And the answer is really twofold. One, with 35,000 members and no corporate head office, they invested in the online infrastructure, that world. They went and bought it, right? So they own it outright. The company carries zero debt. So they are very nimble, agile, and lightweight when it comes to the corporate staffing is enough to service the agent count and no more. There's no top heavy, too many chiefs, not enough Indians, you know, corporate eating up all of the profits. There's no big expensive corporate head offices eating up everything. Like they've kept their expenses lean and mean. They've of course got to cover their costs of being a, a public entity and all of those things are on the NASDAQ, but they only invest the money when it is reasonable and a, a good ROI for them to do so. That coupled with the fact that they are the fastest growing and they've, they've, they've truly, the way they worded it to me, and I'm probably not wording it as good as them, is they're keeping it lean and mean so they can afford to pay out in the agent's favour. But really when it all works out, they've done their numbers on their remuneration schedule because the person who does uh, become an icon agent, hence get back the shares, that person is worth, the, you know, they don't cost them money, but they don't make a whole lot of money. But if someone does only write a sale a month and hence they are a 70-30 split, then that person, you know, will be slightly more profitable for the corporate head office than someone who gets that $30,000 given to them in the shareholding. But effectively, the answer is they've kept it very lean and very mean. Mm-hmm. Most of the a of the of the revenue that is generated by the company is paid back to shareholders, i.e., the owners of the company, i.e., us, and it's paid to the people growing the company. Again, us, with just a, a you know with that amount of size and growth in in place, on a per capita basis, those nominal amounts do add up enough to keep the company going and growing and all of those things without it being taking 15% or 10% or whatever it might be out of every agent's commission. Mm-hmm. And because there's no, there's no principal licensee to eat up that, their slice, there's no state manager there to eat up their slice, they're not paying me a penny for me to say all these things. I'm a member just like everyone else, right? So they've got coaching for free. They've got economies of scale without... Uh, the limiting factors of shop fronts, both at a corporate level and at an office level. There's so many savings. That's why the financials to an agent seem too good to be true. Because when they uh, put all those savings financially, both at a corporate level and at an office level into one pool and create a financial package that an agent says, no, that can't work because it's too bloody good to be true. There's a reason it's too good to be true. And it's not like they're testing this out on us They've been testing it for the past 10 years, was founded in 2009, really started to hit their stride in 2015. I started looking into it in sort of 2017, 2018. And um, boy, oh boy, there's no chinks in the armor as yet, you know. Interesting. Matt, that's, that, that's a really good wrap-up, um, GT. We really appreciate it. So if any of the listeners are interested in having a chat to you further about this, what, what's the best way to hit you up? Yeah, well, if they reach out to you or me and you and me, we're, we're no, you know, we don't hide. You know what I mean? So if anyone reaches out to, to myself or Adrian, just do so. We'll have a yarn, you know, explain everything, have a look at the paperwork and 
have a look at, at the, you know, you'll have some questions perhaps, because again, we can only sort of spend a, a, a little bit of time here. You know, you'll have some questions, we'll jump on. It's very informal and confidential. Um, and uh, yeah, we can have a yarn about it. Um, and that's not just to me, if you wanted to have a chat to Naomi, Lisa, Adrian, or any of the folks that have uh, joined, you know, we don't sort of hide from it. So come and have a yarn and um, I'd love to have a yarn and uh, see if we can't um, make some waves out there. Excellent, mate. I really appreciate it, Glenn. Um, I think that's, that's a really good insight into definitely a newcomer into Australia, but uh, certainly someone that's, uh, that's uh, doing extremely well in terms of a business uh, in the US and now sort of creeping into other parts of, uh, of the world, around Europe, etc. So um, certainly something to keep an eye on. And, uh, you know, you playing such an active role in, in recruitment and myself with the coaching side of things, um, there's a lot of upside in, uh, in becoming a member by the, by the sounds of it. So I really appreciate it, Glenn. And, uh, mate, I'm sure you'll get some, uh, get some people reaching out via social to get some more information. Yeah, mate. No, just on, you know, on that note with, with you and your involvement, mate, it's, it's been wonderful having our friendship and our, I suppose, arm's length. Uh, you know, relationship that we've had, you know, we might only catch up once or twice a year when mm. I'll come down to you or you'll come up to an event of ours or whatever, but it's really cool uh, for these last, uh, you know, six months or so having worked really hands-on with you. Um, you know, it's been, it's been an honor. It's been a lot of fun. And certainly I'm already seeing the benefit that our crew are getting uh, from having this uh, little uh, double-headed sword, this double-headed ax in their hands. That's sort of me on one shoulder and you on the other, mate. It's an honor and it's uh, a whole lot of fun too. No, I appreciate it, Matt. And, and obviously on behalf of the real estate industry, um, there's so much you do personally for the industry. And, you know, I, I know for you that, you know, not always you're, you're, you're making money out of these huge events that you're putting on, um, but you do it because you love giving back and you love the thrill of, you know, getting a Branson or a Sir hat or a Schwarzenegger over. And, you know, it's, it's, it's selfish to a degree because you, you just do it anyway, even if it costs you money, but you just happen to sort of get it, bring everyone along for the ride with you. And uh, there's a lot of people in the industry, mate, that uh, appreciate it. And you'd be too modest to, to, to admit it. But um, I know that, uh, that there's a lot of people that certainly revere you and uh, appreciate what you do for the industry. Oh, dude. Well, thank you for that, man. What I, what I would say, maybe on another podcast, mate, you and I should have a yarn about the very real business um, upside to that selfishness. Because again, <laughs> uh, that selflessness, sorry, you know, yes. because yes, those events are at best a break-even proposition, sometimes cost me a little bit, but it's a principle that I teach agents to do about loss leaders. And mm. so definitely be worthy of a discussion on another podcast. If ever you'll have me back, my man, I'm there in a heartbeat. Of course, of course, mate. No, it's, it's been a pleasure, mate. And um, I uh, value our friendship and I really appreciate your time today, mate. As do I, mate. Thanks again, Adrian. Talk soon. Okay, listeners, I hope you got a lot out of it and I'll see you at the next podcast. Cheers. <laughs>